This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. Um, I came up here last night and I prayed. The Lord just uh, stirred in me to come pray up here last night. Wow, I feel his presence. My goodness. Whoa. <laughs> My hands are shaking. I'm not nervous. I just, I feel his presence showing up. I came in here last night, and I just, it's just me and the dark room, and just, I know how to use the sound system, so I cranked it up, and probably the neighbors were hitting hit by the glory as loud as I had it. And I just came in here, and I just prayed. I just kind of just brewed over the promises in this house. And I just, I put this song on repeat. It's this song that's been um, on my heart for a couple weeks. It's, uh, if you haven't got this new album out by the United Pursuit Band, how many know who United Pursuit Band is? <laughs> if you don't, I just made your next year. <laughs> like, start with the Live at the Banks album. Start there. And then skip to the most recent album. And uh, I'm not saying they're not good, just this, this newest one is like, almost like they're just leading worship from their prayer closet. And uh, I don't remember the name, it's just a black album with an emblem on the front. And, but there's this song on it where they just for about 15 to 20 minutes just sing holy. Just sing, they're just holy. And it's like in a room packed full of people just singing holy. And I, I just, I came here and I just cranked that up, just, just walked around and sang, Lord, holy. And I, I felt like this, this, sometimes I get in the presence of the Lord and I get really bold. I'm like, like God, I, I want to see you. Like, 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 now. <laughs> he's good, right? I mean, he's not going to get mad at me. I'm like, I want to see all the angels. I can feel them. I want to see them. Like, I, I can feel the angelic activity in the room. That's what you feel when I, when I stood up here and you began to feel it's not me. It's just something shifted in the room right as we changed our thinking where we were going and expectation went up and something shifted. And I, I feel almost the answer to last night's prayer being answered right now. Like, I came and I prayed and it's like, I feel the answer happening. And... I feel just, I opened my heart up to this month. I want to talk about, you know, the, the topic of, of revealing the Father. And, and it's such a broad topic, right? Like revealing the Father is so big. And I've, uh, you know, that's, a, that's what Jesus really came to do. I mean, he came to do a lot, but the main thing he came to do was to reveal who the Father is. And, and so he came with that purpose, and I thought, you know, Lord, I want to just learn about you. I've been setting my mind to the past two or three weeks of all I've studied is who is God? I want to know your feelings. I want to know how your emotions work. We have really messed up this thing on who God is because we filtered it through all of our insecurities, and we filtered it through all of our pains, and we filtered it through all of our issues, and then we create a God that works within what we're going through in our mind. That's what we can do. And I began to just study about him, and one of the things that 
he put on my heart, he showed me was that, you know, we would often say that one of the greatest manifestations of the love of God is that he would have his son die, right? He would send his son to die for us. If I was to ask the room, what's the greatest manifestation of love you've, in the Bible that you can think of? It'd probably be the cross. Probably. Most people would agree. But can I throw something out there for you that would probably match it? I found a, there's a scripture in Acts, I think chapter 2, somewhere around the 20s, that he said that even before he created man, he knew that he would have to provide a sacrifice. He created you knowing what would come. I want you to wrap your mind around that. Like, he knew what was coming, and he still chose to create man. Think about that. Just, just let it sink in a minute. He knew that he would have to provide a sacrifice. He knew there would have to be provision. He knew that man would, would mess this thing up, yet he still chose to create you. That messes with my mind, guys. The kind of love. I mean, isn't that what parents do, honestly? They know that, you know, sooner or later there's going to be hard times with teenagers and everything else. And, but, hey, I mean, they want relationship. They want to they have children. God is not this cold, harsh being up in heaven that we have made him to be. He wanted kids so bad that he knew they would turn their backs on him. And he said, I'll still create them. That's pretty amazing. And I've been just pursuing, just understanding more of him and, and how do we reveal him well because I really think that the key to this thing in the kingdom is, is very simple, that if we know him well, we can reveal him well. It's, it's that simple. If we know him well, we can reveal him well. But so many people have these filters of who they see God to be and then they reveal him the way that they think he is. And we wonder, what's going, why is this not working very well? Stand up with me just a minute. I'm going to wait here for a second. I've got, I've got like way more sermon than I have time. And I still want to stop right here because I feel his presence right here. I want you just to begin. The Bible says that the angels and the cherubims and the seraphims, they surround his throne for all eternity. And every time that they see a new side of him, they say, holy, holy, holy. What does that mean? There's no way you can ever see all of God. There's always more to him. And I want without the band, without anything else, I want us just to begin to lift up a song in the presence of the Lord right now. You can say holy. You can say I love you. You can hum. I don't care. But let a song in this presence of the Lord begin to come out of you right now. And let's just begin to lift up adoration because I feel something in the atmosphere right now. Come on. Holy, holy are you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. Oh, yeah, da, 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 da. See, la, da, da, da.
Come on, whatever it sounds like, joining in the sound of heaven. Just join in the sound that you hear. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, Jesus. I'm telling you, things will melt off that you, you don't know. Just watch. Things will melt off. Mm -hmm. oh, the angels, they will start singing with you. I'm telling you. Oh, we love you. Holy, 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 holy are you, Lord. We connect our hearts with yours right now. We connect our hearts with yours right now. Jesus. Some of you just need to sing his name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Some of you have no idea what's going on. Just sing his name. Just begin to say Jesus. Jesus. He will reveal himself to you like I'm telling you. Jesus. 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 Woo. Deeper we go, deeper we go, deeper we go. There's no end to your love. There's no end to your love. There's no end to your love. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where he is. That's where he is. That's where he is. That's where he is. Oh, more can happen right here than anywhere else. More can happen right here than anywhere else. In His presence, there's joy, there's peace. going to release something else to stay in this atmosphere. I feel a grace for, for rest this morning and for strength this morning. Just stay in this atmosphere. Last night I had something happen I've never had happen before. I've never had this level of, I didn't even pray for it. I just, I had this supernatural sleep that happened where I went to bed and I woke up like an hour later and I was so rested. I couldn't hardly even stay asleep the rest of the night because it was like in an hour I got what I needed in a week. I woke up and I'm like, man, there's no point in, I'm just going to get up. And I look at the clock, it's 1145. I'm like, what? And I went back, to, I'm like, well, I got to go back to sleep. I woke up at 1245, wide awake, like I feel great. I went back to sleep almost every hour. I woke up feeling so good. And I, I told Tiffany when she came downstairs, I said, 
I've never had this happen before. I encountered this supernatural rest that it was like in one hour I was good. And this morning she was standing up here and Gerilyn said something. I walked up to her. I felt the Lord just say, come put your hand on her. And I put my hand on This is my wife, by the way. Put my, I don't do this with all women. And I, I, put my, I put my hand on her and I walked over and I walked down and Gerilyn said, whoa, I just felt this strength come off of you when you touched her. And I feel like a lot of times when something I get to experience on a Saturday night is for the house. And so I release over you right now. I'm t- th- those of you, I hope you don't fall asleep in my sermon, but those of you that need rest in Jesus' name, I impart to you a supernatural rest. Those of you that the enemy has been stealing your rest, here's the thing that's going to happen. First of all, the Lord is going to release in you an authority over the thing that's taking your rest. Jesus slept in the storm because he wasn't afraid of the storm because he had authority over it. So the reason he could sleep is because he had authority. So whatever it is that's taking your rest, we need to have authority over it. So whatever that is right now, I just infuse you with an authority. A re- like Lisa was sh- saying that you would recognize what you carry and you have authority over it. Whatever it is, you have authority over it. Some of you, it is just the, 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 the lies in your head. You lay at night. You're hearing these things. You have authority over it. And you keep praying to God, and he's saying, what are you going to do about it? You speak to the storm. You tell it, be still. Right now. Authority, rise up. Authority, rise up. And in Jesus' name, I speak rest over you. Rest over you. Those of you that feel weary right now, you're filling up. I, feel, I see it in the spirit realm. You're filling up. You're filling up. You're filling up. You're filling up. And you're going to overflow even on people around you. You're filling up. You're filling up. Strength. Strength to those that are weak. Strength to those who are weak. I know in my weakness, he is strong. The idea, though, is that you don't stay weak. You get his strength. Strength in Jesus' name. You feel it? Feel it in Jesus' name. Pain, I don't care what the pain is, and every single person in this room that has any pain in their body In Jesus' name, I tell it to stop. You don't, no, pain is not allowed in this room. Sickness is not allowed in this room. Disease is not allowed in this room. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. I love watching him heal people from rest. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thanks, Father. You can sit down if you want. I I gotta. I don't even know how to preach, guys. Like, can I can I give you this? I don't need this. Thanks.
I love this stuff. I love it when he just shows up like this. I, man, I'd much rather hear him talk than me. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm gonna, gonna kind of like try to move forward, <laughs> but that's okay. You just, I just give him permission to do whatever he wants to do. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I've been talking about revealing the Father, the importance of revealing the Father. I've been talking about um, some people have such. I'm going to take on a little bit of a challenging topic. Some people look at the Bible and they're like, man, Jesus was so great. But like in the Old Testament, God did some crazy stuff. I'm like, <laughs> people look at it and it's like, this is confusing. Anyone ever felt that way? Anyone honest in the room ever felt that way? <laughs> uh, people, people still say that stuff. If God's good, why does he do this? Or why does he do that? And and. The church typically doesn't really have an answer for it. Well, I don't know, but God's good. <laughs> but why? How? If, like, flooded the whole earth, but a few people. Right? I'm, I'm kind of, like, like, making you think before I jump in, because these are things that, like, when we talk about revealing the Father, people are like, Jesus was super cool, but, like, Father, some of that stuff, they're not, listen, guys, you can't separate the two. So, so either we're missing something, well, we're missing something. <laughs> I'm not even going to give the other option, because we're missing something. And one of the things that's most changed my life, especially over the past two or three years, has been actually understanding one word. It's covenant. One word, because your Bible, this Bible is all written through what is covenants. If you don't understand that concept, and I'm not going to teach you all the different covenants in the Bible. I don't have time for that, nor am I that great of a teacher. But I'm going to break down for you just what, what, is, what is this, and why is it important? Because we see, we see that God made these covenants. We see that the Bible is, is written through covenants. And when God made a covenant, I want you to understand that when God made these covenants, he made this commitment to the person he was making a covenant with, saying, listen, I got your back. Your friends, they're my friends. Your enemies, they're my enemies. We are doing this together. In, in the Western American, in our culture, we don't really understand covenants because the only time you ever hear the word covenant is marriage. And obviously, we really don't have in America that great of a concept of marriage either, honestly. And, and so we only hear it like that's the only time we hear it is on our wedding day. I don't know. Just say yes so we can be married. Oh, sorry. And in communion. We hear this is my blood, the covenant. That's the only time we hear it. And we don't understand it. You know, in, in the First Nations, they kind of understood it because they had stuff called like blood brothers. You never heard that term? Like, like, the, they're like we're in this like, like blood. We're in this together. 
We're joining our life together. I will fight for you. I will defend you. I would die for you. It's that strong. And, and, and I just, I want to kind of show you a picture, though, of how this affects how we see God. This is probably the biggest filter we have to get. Like when we see God and we look at him and we want to reveal him, people constantly use this scripture right here. Well, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he would do it in the Old Testament, that means he'll do it today. That confuses people really badly because that is a scripture, but it's out of context. Good. Now that I've got you confused, I can read some scriptures with you. Just go ahead and flip over in Genesis chapter 22 with me real quick. I'm only going to talk about two covenants this morning, and I'm going to kind of pick the easier one. I'm going to talk about the covenant at the end that we're in, and I'm going to talk about the covenant that Abraham was in. It's not usually the covenant people talk about, so we're going to go a little bit of a different angle. But God made this covenant, and the best, I'm going to sum it up really quick in Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. It says this, it says, the angel of the Lord came from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possessions of the cities of their enemies and through their offspring. All nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together. And so God made this covenant with Abraham where he says, Abraham, listen, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing to go into covenant with you. You've obeyed me. We're going into covenant together. I've, basically, the Lord was saying to him, he was saying, I got your back. Your enemies, they're my enemies. People you bless, I'll bless. And we see the, the clearest picture that I can kind of show you of how that works is if you flip back, there's a uh, couple chapters to Genesis chapter 20, verse 1. There's this really interesting story that shows the picture of how a covenant works. And it's, um, it talks about this king. Let's see if I get this from the right place here. Yeah, there it is. He said, there's this king Abimelech, and it said... And, in verse 2, and there Abraham said to his wife, he's before the king, he said, she is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God said to Abimelech in one dream one night, he said to him, you are as good as dead. How many know when God gives you a dream and says, hey, buddy, you're good as dead? That's a really good reason to say, whoa, whoa. What is this about? God comes to Abimelech in a dream and says, you're as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She's a married woman. And now Abimelech had not gone near her. He hadn't touched her yet. Just seeing, he's like, whoa, I'm in trouble. And he said, Lord, will you destroy innocent, an innocent nation? 
Did he not say to me that she's my sister? And didn't she also say he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in his dream, Yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. This is interesting because even in the middle of God's covenant, he still loves him enough. He's trying to spare him. That's the thing you have to see with God. You, you have to see his heart. And he was saying, I, I get you didn't know that, and I'm, I'm, I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. How many of you know like a day later this had been a different story? Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Okay, I'm, I'm painting like a super extreme picture right now. Like, this is how strong covenants are. And I want you to see, so here's this picture. Here's Abraham. Abraham's obviously got this, like, really beautiful wife. And he's like, I know that when I go, the king is going to take you. And if he knows you're my wife, he's going to kill me. And he's going to take you because you're so beautiful. So how about this? How about we just play like, you're my sister. I'm your brother. And then it really works out good because everybody will treat me really good because my sister's the really pretty woman, and they won't kill me to get you. And so, you know, they play along and like, yeah, let's do the brother-sister thing. And he, he was right. The king Abimelech comes, takes his wife, and God comes in a dream and says, hey, bud, problem. I'm going to kill you if you touch her because she's a married woman. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, they said brother and sister here. And God said, You're, and he's like, are you really going to kill me? Because I haven't even done anything wrong. And God said, you know what? That's why I came to you before you touched her. You see in the heart, the heart of the father that, that, that comes through some of the covenants he was in, he said, that's why I came to you now, because you hadn't touched her yet. And so the king, he's like, you know, hey, give her back. And so he gives her back, and, and he restores her to him. And many people will look at these scriptures and think, well, that's not fair. That's not, that doesn't, I mean, the God coming to him in a dream that's like, listen, you touch her, I will kill you, doesn't feel like the God when we're like, well, God is good all the time. But is it the same God? Yes. So many people look at this stuff from a perspective of that's not fair. But God didn't work through what was fair. He worked through covenant. This is really important. He worked through the lens of a covenant. You have to remember that this covenant that God made with Abraham, God said, listen, I'm on your side, Abraham. Anybody that messes with you or your family, they're going down. This is my version. He's like, cool. Your enemies are my enemies. Those that you bless, I will bless. And so when someone comes along, even though they didn't know it, they came along and went after his wife. God said, no, I, listen, I'm in covenant with him. You can't do that. Now, I still, my heart, I don't want to do this to you. So I'm coming to you before you even touch her to let you know you better give her back. Because he's in covenant with me. Are you still with me? 
I want you to understand something with the word covenant. The word covenant in the Bible is directly connected to the word righteousness. It was when you kept your covenant, it was when you kept your word that you were righteous. What's the point? In order for God to remain righteous, when he came into a covenant, he couldn't break it. Did it mean that he liked the covenants that they brought him in? No. I could go through all different covenants where they, they made all these rules and they invited him in and he got, he got put in some pretty bad deals. Have you ever stepped into a situation and you had to be the bad guy and it really stunk? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anyone ever dealt with people? Because <sighs> that's kind of like, it doesn't matter if you work for fast food, a church, a business, you work with people, you get in weird positions. And sometimes you have to step into a position depending on your authority and you have to be the bad guy even though it really had nothing to do with you. It's the position you're in. They welcomed God. They made these covenants, and they said, we want you to come into covenant with us, and here's all the different things that we need you to do in the covenant. God's like, oh. That's why somewhere down the road when we get to the cross, he said, all right, this covenant, I'm setting the rules. Because after many, 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 many years of having to be the enforcer of all the bad, he said, the better covenant, there's a reason it's better. He said, I'm not going to be the bad guy anymore. And so here he is, and he's in these, he's in these covenants with men and women of God. Or, or in the Bible, it was men and the descendants. And he had these covenants with them, and he couldn't break them because it was tied to his righteousness. Your righteousness was connected to you keep your word. Are you still with me? I'm, I'm trying not to get too teachy, but if we don't get this concept, how can we possibly believe that God is so great? And then we have all these question marks about the God in the Old Testament. Same God, yesterday, today, and forever, but why did he act that way, and now he's this way? It's a question we have to answer. It's a question that he knew had to be answered, which is why he sent Jesus to be the answer. Jesus. I want you to see that when God enters a covenant, it's a big deal. I'm painting a picture of an old covenant because it's extreme. I want you to see how serious he takes it. Because when we get to the new covenant, it's really good. So now we have this, this new covenant. It says it's it's a better covenant. It is a much better covenant. This covenant isn't like the, the old one with, with Abraham. It's not like the covenant with Moses. I can't, for the life of me, can't figure out why people like want to hang on to some of these things. It's like, man, that's a lot of work. Some of these old covenants. I mean, people take like pieces from some of these covenants because they don't understand how things have changed. And they're like trying to bring them with them. And God's like, I fulfilled that. It's good. Well, he didn't come to just abolish it. You're right. He came to fulfill it, and now it's done. It's kind of like your mortgage. 
if you have one, if I were to come along and say, listen, I can't just abolish your mortgage. I can't just tell the bank that mortgage doesn't apply. Be done with it. But if I have the finances, I can actually pay for your mortgage. It's done. And now you're good. God came along and said, listen, I'm not going to just come and just demolish it. I'm going to come and I'll fulfill it. It's done. Because I want to provide a better covenant for you to live in. I want to provide a covenant that, oh, no one has ever seen this covenant that you're going to get. They have just known covenants for rules and, and all these different things that you can and can't do. And I had to be the bad guy that enforces the rules and, and wipes out people. But I want to change that. Because that's not who I am. You could see it when God was talking to the king of Bimelech. He said, oh, I don't... Oh, I don't want to kill you and everyone in this nation. Don't touch her. Why? Because I don't want to do that. I love you guys. Restore her to her husband. And so what happens? He sends his son. And there's a better covenant. And I'll, I'll pull all the pieces together. But this new covenant, there's three things that I just want to highlight about this new covenant. There's, it's this, that one, he said, I'm sending a new prophet, a better prophet, who will set a new covenant. And in this covenant, he will remember our sins no more. This is a big one because a lot of us don't do this very well. And maybe it's because we don't see a God that does this very well. I've forgiven you. Well, then Jesus said, then I remember it no more. He said, I'm giving you this new covenant and great news in this new covenant. When you believe in me, when you put your faith in me, I can't even remember your sins. He, he's not going to put, well, you know, I pretty much almost forgot them, but uh, maybe I need to pull them back out and remind you today. You can pull them out all day long. He's not the one pulling them out. He's saying, I, I forgot. I don't even know what you're talking about. So the first thing that he said, in this new covenant that I'm going to do with you, with, I'm going to set this new covenant with mankind. He said, I'll forgive your sins and I won't even remember them. The second thing he said is that I will, he's going to give us a new heart. He said, I'm going to give you a new heart in this covenant. And the third thing is he said that he will give us his spirit and we get to walk in his ways. This has got to be, these guys, this is revolutionary to what they've known. It's been like rule, 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 rules, rule, 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 rule. And God's like, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to forget your sins. And I'm going to give you my spirit so you can walk. These guys are like, I mean, I know we've been, we get this a little more than them, but that's all they had known was rules. And he's like, oh, man, that's not my heart. I got this covenant that I want to do with you where I just want you, I want you to be free. I want you to be filled with my spirit. I don't want you to have just this heaviness hanging over you. I want you to enjoy life. And what happens is that because fear gets quick results, we tend to pull back fear into our message. Because if I fear you, I can get quick results. And then we take the fear back. And why? Jesus said, I came to destroy and cast out fear. And, but so many times, if fear will get me a quicker result, I'll use it. 
And Jesus said, I, this, this new covenant, it's good. It's so good. <laughs> I want you to think about this. Jesus sits down with his disciples. We celebrate communion every month. He sits down with his disciples. And they're having their last supper. And he takes this cup of wine. And what does he say? He said, this is my blood. It's the sign of a new covenant. This moment is major. This is, this is why he said, never stop remembering that supper. Never stop celebrating that supper. Because something major happened. And he said, listen, take this cup. This is the new covenant. It's my blood. What's getting ready to happen? It's a game changer. Everything's changing. Because when I shed my blood, I'm establishing a new covenant with mankind. And this covenant is set up on my terms. I'm not going to be pulled into having to be the bad guy anymore. God loves all humanity passionately. He loves every man with fervent love, but those who put their faith in Jesus step into this covenant. And the best way I can explain it is this like you, I mean, obviously, it's like your, your family, your insiders. You're in a different level of connection. How many know you have people in your life that they have different tiers of connection to you? Like, you know, I've got, like, my, my direct family. They live in my home, 100% access. Then I have my family. And then I have my friends. And then I have my neighbors. And there are all these different levels of access they have to my life. God said, when you come into this covenant, you are as close as it gets. You can't get any closer to me when you come into this new covenant. You're now an insider. And some things, have they've not changed. He said, guess what? He said, your enemies are my enemies. But here's the thing that we've got to understand. Well, if that's true, then God's not killing people nowadays. Some people think he is. Well, that's why there's scriptures like in Ephesians where he says, your battle is not against flesh and blood. If he said it was against flesh and blood, he'd have to kill flesh and blood. Because when you're in covenant with him, he... Your enemies are his enemies. So that means that the spirit realm, that's why we come before him boldly. He said, I've got your back. But it's not people. I'm not killing people. They're not your enemy. Hello, they're not your enemy. It's the things that are going on in the spirits, in the spirit realms, and the principalities. And so he's come and he says, listen, I'm inviting you into this, this inner circle to be a part of this good, better covenants. And the new covenant is amazing. <laughs> he says, and I already hit on these quickly, but he, he says, I, your sins, when you believe in me, I forgot them. Somebody in here knows that's good. There's a few of you. You, you know that's good. <laughs> Some of you are like, thank goodness. <laughs> Isn't it funny that, you know, you run into somebody that knew you before Jesus, and hopefully they know, see the difference, <laughs> and they're like, wow, 
You're different. Jesus is like, can you imagine Jesus? Is like, I don't even know who it used to be because I forgot. He's not looking at you like, wow, you're so much better. He said, I've forgotten your sins. They're gone. When you get that, it changes the idea of he's holding things over your head just to get you somewhere. He doesn't remember them. You're the one holding them over your head. And the enemy's speaking in your ear. Jesus is like, listen, I've forgotten that. <laughs> in this new covenant, he says, I'm giving you a new heart. And then he says, he says I'm also going to give you my spirit. <laughs> you get to think like me. You get to act like me. You get to be like me. You get all of it. There's this interesting, there's this interesting comparison of, of a lesser covenant and newer covenant. If you have your Bibles, I want you to flip um, to Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12. I love this passage. It's just such a clear comparison of what used to be and what is. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18, says this. It says that, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words, and those who heard it begged that no further word would be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. Even if an animal touches this mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. Stop right there a second. What's being written here is he's comparing these two covenants. He was saying that the, the previous one filled with fear and death. Even if an animal touched the mountain, it would have to die. He's, he's, he's painting this extreme picture that this, this, this was the revelation that they had of God before Jesus came. Do you understand that? This was who God was to them before Jesus came. And then he goes on to the next piece of scripture, and he says this in verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to sprinkled blood that speaks better words than the blood of Abel the blood of Abel he's saying listen this is what they had this is what they knew that was their revelation of God but that's not what you get you get to understand this new covenant you're being called into something great <laughs> I don't know if that gets you excited if it doesn't man Y'all need to wake up a little bit. I might have done the rest thing a little too heavy earlier because we've, this is so powerful. Some of you just need to smile. It's okay. Smile. It's happy. It's joyful. Gosh, we got to get that. And the sad part is that so many people are still trying to teach believers who God is in scriptures that were before he was actually revealed. People, the writer in Hebrews was saying this was the God they knew. This was why. 
He, this is who they knew. That's not who you get to know. You get to know a God that's love and joy and peace who's welcoming you in. But we take scriptures that were before that and say, well, this is who God is. And, it, and it, don't get me wrong. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the rules have changed. It's a whole different game. He, hasn't, he didn't want to be in that position. I imagine, man, I so often see the father just, he had to have been, oh, man, so misrepresented. He must have sat in heaven like, man, I just, everything bad that happens, I get blamed. We still do it. The tsunami, well, it was God wiping out people. He did it in the Old Testament. Read Hebrews 12. What I just read to you, he said, that's not how it is anymore. It's not like that anymore. See, this change, this is a game changer for me. This is a game changer for me to begin to understand how good it is that we've been welcomed into. Yeah, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but no, it's not the same rules. He's not in those boundaries. He said, oh, I fulfilled that. Thank goodness it's fulfilled. So now I can come and I can welcome my kids into what I wanted from the beginning. Do you understand how huge this is? Do you understand how important covenant is? Do you understand how relational it is? Do you understand that there's scriptures in your Bible that make no sense unless you understand the idea of a covenant. Like, remember when Moses, he was getting ready to kill everybody, and Moses changed his mind? Remember that? If he hadn't been in covenant with Moses, he wouldn't have heard that. He was in covenant with him. He was angry, too. He's like, that's it. I'm done. I'm really getting tired of this, Moses. I'm, and Moses like, whoa, whoa, whoa. God, if you, like, wipe everyone out, that's not going to look good for you. <laughs> You're right. You're right, Moses. How could he speak into him? How could he, how could he, how could he speak into God and God say, I'm going to change my mind based on that? See, this rocks our theology when we begin to talk about that people that are in covenant can have a part of the conversation. Because we have thought in our mind, well, what if Moses has just said, well, Lord willing. Isn't that our excuse? Well, you know, I don't know if I actually want to get out of bed on a Sunday morning, so Lord willing, I'll be there. <laughs> it just got quiet all of a sudden. Oh, the Lord willing card. What if Moses has been, well, Lord, if that's your will. A lot of people would have been nuked that day. But Moses said, listen, whoa, 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 God, listen, listen, we're in this covenant together. We're in relationship together. You gave, you said that I can speak into you and you can speak into me. That's not a good idea. God said, all right, you're right. You're right. What, was God sovereign? Absolutely God's sovereign. What does sovereign mean? He can do anything he wants to do. The simplest definition I can give of his sovereignty means he can do anything he wants to do. But he's also in covenant. And he also welcomed you into the conversation. And said, I want to hear your heart. 
See how it changes who you see God as? It changes this picture of this God in heaven that's like everything is set up and perfect and I'm not going to move. And he says, oh, I want to hear what you have to say. What is your thoughts? You mean I can speak into him? Yeah, you can. Matter of fact, he likes it. He didn't just create mankind because he was bored. He created mankind because he wanted that relationship. But we've reversed this thing back to the point where we've almost made it minus the relationship. That was the whole purpose. He wanted relationship. And religion tries to remove the relationship. When he said, that's what I wanted. It's like the spirit of religion keeps wanting to go back to the rules again. And he's like, no. I want relationship. Jesus came to reveal who the Father really is. He came because previous generations didn't get to know who he really is. I mean, you go back to the very, 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 very beginning, and that was his plan. Let's be friends. Let's walk together. Let's talk together. You're blessed. There was no pain in childbirth. The ground was easy. That was his plan. And then we messed up. And we went through years and centuries of just trying to figure this out. And God's like, we got to get this back to where it started. Because I can't, I, I need my kids to be back in a relationship with me. So who is God? He's a God. Who's the God of the new covenant? He's a God of love. He's a God who doesn't remember your sins. He's a God who wants you to be a part of the conversation. He's a God with arms wide open. Remember the story of the, of the uh, prodigal son? We all make it about the son. Really, he was trying to talk about the father because he was trying to reveal the dad. It's really encouraging the prodigal son for us, right? But Jesus was trying to reveal what the father was like. He was trying to tell them. He's like, I don't know. How do I get this across to them? Okay, well, let's give them a story that they'll get. There was a prodigal. There was a son that blew it. He was a part of a really wealthy family. He blew it. Went out, took his money, spent it all, ruined his life. Came home, got welcomed back into the family. But let's think about the father. He was waiting for him. I mean, if you understand the story that he saw him from a distance... He wasn't walking around his house and then just saw him from a distance. He was looking. Where's my son? Where's my son? God, he's got to come home. Where is he? He's looking. And then that's him. I see him way out there. Jesus was saying, that's what God is like. Where's my kids? I'm looking. That's what he's like, guys. Yeah. 
Why is this so important? When, when, we, when we get our view of who God is to be shifted and we stop seeing him wrong, I'm telling you, your entire view of the world will change. I'm convinced that so many people that are just so, have such a depressing worldview really don't know the heart of the Father. It just got real quiet in here. We have to know his heart. We have to know who he's like. Because it's our responsibility to reveal him. We, you do understand that it's on our shoulders to reveal him. Like, it's on my shoulders, it's on your shoulders to reveal the Father well. Are you, are you getting this? Yeah. Are you, I know I'm, I'm zooming through a lot of stuff this morning. Just hang with me one more moment. We have to get this. It's not optional. I heard somebody tell me one time, like, I don't know about all that New Covenant stuff. I'm like, oh, it's not like, you know, a choice. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's not like, you know, I don't know what I want for breakfast. It's like... Why would you not know? Well, maybe I want to keep all the laws. I think God is actually so good, we just sometimes have a hard time really understanding how good he is. Like, he's that good. Like, some people, is he really that good? He's that good. Are you sure? He's that good. But I don't know about that. No, he's that good. Bill Johnson says, you can't exaggerate the goodness of God. I love that phrase. He's like, you can't exaggerate the goodness of God. Try to exaggerate it, you still can't. I got a pretty big imagination, and I cannot over-exaggerate his love. He's that good. As we come into this season, this Christmas season, well, we're here. <laughs> guess, guess I should start Christmas buying presents, right? No, so. As we, as, listen, as we come into this time, guys, my, my goal has been that we can really understand this is why the, sing, the Son came, was to reveal the Father. And then he, he said, all right, I did my job. I'm out of here. Tag, you're it. Yes. You keep revealing him. That's a good setup. Jesus. Let's stand up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You really are that good. <laughs> you really are that good. Can we just pray a simple prayer that I just, the Lord has been putting on my heart that this upcoming year here, that we would just, we would have a tremendous revelation of who the Father is. That, uh, that's been my passion, I know, for the past few weeks, is just, just to just per passionately pursue, who are you, who are you, God? 
Some of you are scared to do it. Because sometimes that means you got to let go of stuff you know. Yeah. <laughs> I told Tiffany a few weeks ago, I was sitting there studying and reading my Bible, and I just had this moment like, whoa. I said, oh, God is messing up my theology this morning. <laughs> How many know he's like the one that can do that, right? And he's like, let me teach you about me. No, 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 no. I know you better than that. Because <laughs> I learned this when I was a kid, and I've believed this my whole life. It's obviously right. God's like, it's me. Let me tell you about me. And I was reading my Bible, and he showed me some, a couple things. I'm like, whoa, I got that one wrong. Yeah, it's okay. I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm afraid to let go of something, to learn something new about him. So Jesus, we just, right now, if you're with me, I just want you to just tell them in your own words, Lord, we are going after learning more about who you are, knowing who you are, revealing who you are, so we can represent you well. So we can be a good, clear representation of who you are to the world, Father. And if that means there's things that we even hold on to now that we got to let go of, Lord, take anything that I have that doesn't line up with who you are. I'm good with that. Take it. If it doesn't line up with you... I just, you can, it's yours. I just want to know you. Come on, just tell him that. That's one of the most powerful prayers ever. I just want to know you. I just want to know you. I want to know who you are. I want to know what, what makes you smile. I want to know what makes you hurt. I want to know, Father, who you are. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. <laughs> That's it. He's good, and we're loved. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I keep hearing there's like a revival of identity. It's the word I keep hearing while I'm preaching. Like a revival of identity. Some of your identity is being revived. It's not that it was ever gone or dead necessarily, but it's been tucked away and God's reviving who you are. He's reviving who you are. He's reviving. You're having a revival in your heart. <laughs> Because he's letting you know who you are. Some of you are going to go away from this. You're going to have dreams tonight. You better sleep with a pen and a pad or a phone or something next to your bed. Because you're going to have dreams tonight that are going to rock your world. I'm telling you, I feel that. 
So, Lord, in Jesus' name, we receive what you're doing in Jesus' name.